Chapter One of Agnes Sorrel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Agnes Sorrel, a novel by G. P. R. James. Chapter One. How strange the sensation would be! How marvellously interesting the scene! were we to wake up from some quiet night's rest and find ourselves suddenly transported four or five hundred years back living and moving among the men of a former age to pass from the british fortress of gibraltar with drums and fifes redcoats and bayonets in a few hours to the coast of africa and find oneself surrounded by moors and male petticoats turbans and scimitars is the greatest transition the world affords at present but it is nothing to that of which i speak how marvellously interesting would it be also not only to find oneself brought in close contact with the customs manners and characteristics of a former age with all our modern notions strong about us but to be met at every turn by thoughts feelings views principles springing out of a totally different state of society which have all passed away and mouldered like the garments in which at that time men decorated themselves such however is the leap which i wish the reader to take at the present moment and although i know it to be impossible for him to divest himself of all those modern impressions which are a part of his identity to place himself with me in the midst of a former period and to see himself surrounded for a brief space with the people and the things and the thoughts of the fifteenth century let me premise however in this prefatory chapter that the object of an author in the minute detail of local scenery and ancient customs which he is sometimes compelled to give and which are often objected to by the animals with long ears that browse on the borders of parnassus is not so much to show his own learning in antiquarian law as to imbue his reader with such thoughts and feelings as may enable him to comprehend the motives of the persons acting before his eyes and the sensations passions and prejudices of ages passed away were we to take an unsophisticated rustic and boldly tell him without any previous intimation of the habits of the time that the son of a king of england one day went out alone or at best with a little boy in his company all covered over with iron that he betook himself to a lone and desolate pass in the mountains traversed by a high road and sat upon horseback by the hour together with a spear in his hand challenging everybody who passed to fight him the unsophisticated rustic would naturally conclude that the king's son was mad and would expect to hear of him next in bedlam rather than on the throne of england i let any one tell him previously of the habits manners and customs of those days and the rustic though he may very well believe that the whole age was mad will understand and appreciate the motives of the individual saying to himself this man was not a bit madder than the rest however this book is not intended to be a mere painting of the customs of the fifteenth century but rather a picture of certain characters of that period dressed somewhat in the garb of the times and moved by those springs of action 
which influenced men in the age to which I refer. It has been said, and justly, that human nature is the same in all ages, but as a musical instrument will produce many different tones, according to the hand which touches it, so will human nature present many different aspects according to the influences by which it is affected. At all events, I claim a right to play my own tune upon my violin, and what skills it if that tune be an air of the olden times? No one need listen who does not like it. End of chapter 1